Hi guys! Welcome to Jesse's Place, a safe space where I, your resident realtor and serial entrepreneur, provides you with info on life, experiences, empowerment, lifestyle, knowledge, business info, and of course, everything real estate. Now let's get into it. Hi guys, welcome to Jesse's Place on today's episode. This is a real estate episode, one that I'm extremely, extremely happy and um, excited to present to you guys. I have an industry expert today with me, special featured guest. Um, uh, I get tons of questions via DM and social media asking me about the mortgage process. I get a lot of people who are first time home buyers, people who are self-employed. They want to know, hey, how do things affect my credit score? Uh, what documents do I need? So today I have an industry expert who will answer all of those questions. Uh, Anthony Muscarella and his team, they believe in delivering a seamless, stress-free mortgage experience. And um, the mortgage process can be the most overwhelming part of buying a home. I know I went through it <laughs> and I wish that I knew uh, now. I wish that I knew now what I didn't know then. And uh, really quickly, I just want uh, to say to Anthony, thank you before we get started for joining and to uh, lending your expertise. He's part of one of the fastest growing companies in New Jersey, uh, A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. And Anthony, please uh, tell our listeners um, who you are, the name of your team uh, and your company. Sure. Good morning, Jessica. Thanks for having me on and apologize to you and your listeners about my voice. It's been uh very busy this industry right now. So we're talking to a lot of clients, trying to help a lot of people. So uh, my name is Anthony Muscarella. Um, I am the VP of sales for Absolute Home Mortgage. I run a division of the company. We refer to ourselves as Muscarella Lending Team. And, uh, you know, our goal is to help as many homeowners as we can, whether it be buy a home or refinance a home. Uh, we deal with residential mortgages. Awesome. Awesome. So really quickly, let's get right into these questions. Um, explain to the listeners as plainly as possible what it is that you and your team do. Sure, yeah, that's a great question. I think people are very overwhelmed uh, when it comes to buying a home. Yeah. Our job is to be a resource for your for for your borrowers, okay, <clears throat> for all borrowers out there. We want them to understand what the process is in buying a home and getting a mortgage. We want them to understand what loan programs and products are available to them what the interest rate looks like, what the terms are, and really just hold their hand throughout the process. There's a lot of moving parts, and you really mm -hmm. need the real estate experts uh, in the industry to hold their hand during the process. So the bottom line is, is our job is to provide financing. When you're buying a home, you may say, hey, well, we have 3% to put down, 5%, maybe you have 50% to put down, but you still need financing for the difference. Our right. job is to get you to the closing table um, as quickly as possible, with the most amount of information shared with the borrower as possible. Oh, that's awesome that you said that because my next question is, what documents are going to get you to that closing table? What documents are needed to get a mortgage loan? Uh, so it's really dependent on the person's personal situation. There's not one mortgage that fits every borrower. Mm -hmm. um, the documentation is dependent on the program. Generally speaking, if somebody is a salaried employee, uh, we only need one year W-2. So it would be your 2020 W-2. Uh, 30 days of pay stubs, copy of your driver's license, most two months, most recent two months bank statements. There would be additional items that may come up during the process once we review those items, but that's the general um, starting point to be able to get pre-approved. Right. So what's the loan process once you receive those, this generic um, um, template of forms? What's, what's the process once that's received? Okay. So, um, 
high level, there's a couple of steps. There's getting pre-approved. So it would be step one, where you speak with myself or a team member, where we intake your information, review documents, issue the pre-approval letter, which allows you to go out with a professional such as yourself, Jessica, to look at properties and make offers. Once an offer gets accepted, um, we would then send you the actual mortgage application to review and electronically sign. When that comes back, we go through something called loan opening. The loan opener's job is to do all of the ordering on the file. These would be items such as ordering title insurance, and we can discuss that at another point, what that is, ordering title insurance, ordering your verification of employment with your employer, um, ordering the appraisal, getting the file ready for the next step, which is processing. The processor's job, and we like to refer to our processors as loan managers, is to make sure the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed, that that file is in pristine condition. So when the file goes to the underwriter, who's actually the person that makes a decision to lend you the money, they don't have any questions for us, right? Our goal is to get that loan out of underwriting, approved with minimal conditions, so this way we can meet your closing date. Uh, um, so you mentioned underwriter, and when I went through the process a couple of years ago and purchased my first home, I didn't even understand what that word meant. Could you just explain <laughs> to the, our listeners what that word means? <laughs> sure, yeah. The underwriter, um, they, they, really are, um, they really are the person that makes it this and you lend the money. So the underwriters right. work for our company. We are a bank, not a broker, meaning we do lend our own money. The underwriter works for our corporate office. The files come through our team, our sales team, and they end up with the underwriter. They review the documents. They make sure that we've done our job in structuring the loan correctly, all the correct documentation is in the file, um, income is accurate, um, you're, you have enough assets to close, the credit score is good, everything on the credit report is, is accurate and correct. They are the ones that are reviewing everything and actually putting the stamp to say, hey, we're going to lend this person $300,000, okay? Everything up until that point is preparing the file for the underwriter. Loan officer prepares for the opener, opener prepares for the processor, processor makes sure that the, the salesperson and the opener all did their job, tidies it up a little bit, and sends it off. We like to say that, you know, if you think about this, this underwriter is a person sitting behind a computer screen that just gets a notification, I need to review this loan and approve it. They've never met the borrower, never spoken to the borrower. So we really want to make sure that we paint a nice, beautiful picture for the underwriter. We, want, we don't want them painting their own picture, which may not be so attractive because they're right. concerned about things in the file. So we want to make sure that we address any concerns ahead of time, right? And through that three-step process, the loan officer, the opener, and the processor, we're trying to make sure that any possible questions are addressed, you know, just like in anything in life, first impressions are everything. So if we can give a great first impression to that underwriter for that loan file, it's going to make the process that much easier. See, this is what I'm talking about when it comes to you and your team. I love that you guys are always advocating for the buyer. Always, 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 always. <clears throat> just want to really commend you guys on that. And when, when this is, you know, going through the underwriter, everything's been processed, what determines the mortgage rate and what are they tied to? So a lot of, and, and you know, we get this question a lot, Jessica. It's a, it's a lot of things that actually determine that. One is going to be what loan program we go with, whether it be a conventional loan, which mm -hmm. is, you may hear the terms Fannie and Freddie Mae, those are conventional loans. <clears throat> Excuse me. Whether it be an FHA loan, which is Ginnie Mae, maybe it's a VA loan, maybe we have a borrower that's, you know, been in the military and served our country. It's a great program that we offer for them, 100% financing. Um, or it's a specialty program they may qualify for. So the program is the first thing. Once we determine the program, then your credit score is very, very important. Um, the loan to value ratio, meaning how much you're putting down has an impact. Um, the debt to income ratio, your income versus your expensive could have an impact. How long we need to lock your loan. If you're closing in a month, we're only taking a 30-day lock. If you're closing in two months, we need to take a 60-day interest rate lock. That could result in a higher interest rate. So there's a lot of factors. 
um, that we take into consideration. But the most important thing before we even talk about interest rate is understanding the borrower's goal so we can find the right program. Once we have the mm-hmm. program, then the interest rate will be determined by the, um, the uh, remaining factors that I mentioned. Right. So, and how often do mortgage rates change? <clears throat> what causes the rates to change? You know, rates are, are not a static environment, meaning as we're talking right now, rates are going up and rates are going down. Uh, the one thing that we focus on or two things that we focus on in the mortgage business when we talk about interest rates is something that we refer to as MBS, which are mortgage-backed securities that are being traded. So we have a rate alert service that give us live uh, feed as to what's going on with those mortgage-backed securities. And the other thing that's a much more loosely related is the U.S. 10-year treasury. If anyone wants to Google that, it's, um, you'll find links to it. You're looking at the yield that the U.S. 10-year treasury is paying to an investor. <clears throat> As that yield goes down, so should interest rates. They don't always work in exact science that way, but generally right, speaking, right. that's the case. So we could talk to a borrower at 10 in the morning, and the market could be flat, and we can quote a rate. And then at 2 in the afternoon, the borrower calls us back, and the market moved. Could, rates could have got better. Rates could have got worse. So it's literally always changing. We don't normally see a lot of volatility you know, within an hour or two. But it depends right, right. on what news come out. Financial news could come out talking about unemployment numbers, and that can have an impact. You know, um, things that are happening in our environment have an impact on our interest rates. I think another thing that's good to point out is that typically speaking, again, as the stock market does good, interest rates go higher. Stock market goes down. Uh, generally speaking, interest rates uh, will do better. So there's kind of an inverse relationship there. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Definitely. So w- one thing that you mentioned earlier is that the way that things are happening in the world, and especially during COVID, we saw a lot of, um, you know, our EMCs and, and our, our healthcare workers and things like that receiving um, different benefits and programs. And you were talking about um, a VA and FHA and conventional loans. And um, there's another program that I know that you service, um, uh, the Heroes to Homes. Um, could you talk a little bit about that? And can you explain whether or not these these programs, like the VA, the VA program, the FHA program, conventional, if they have different interest rates? For, yes, definitely. So typically speaking, VA loans and FHA loans have lower interest rates, right? Meaning if we took a borrower that has a 700 credit score and we compared a conventional loan to FHA and VA, those rates would be lower. The, the, the part that kind of maybe trips us up a little bit there is sometimes if we're using an FHA program, the person may not have as good as an interest, uh, excuse me, good as a credit score. Um, sometimes our FHA borrowers have a lower credit score and that's why we're using the FHA program. So that could result in that rate ticking up, right? So we may talk to one borrower with a 700 score and we may say your rate today is two and a half percent, but that person with a 660 score, the rate is three and a quarter percent. But that right. same thing applies to the conventional loan. So if the conventional loan has a different interest rate, uh, excuse me, different credit score, that interest rate will be impacted as well. So we, we do try to um, uh, cater to, you know, our, our heroes, as we like to call them. Um, exactly. And there are specialty <laughs> programs for them. Um, some of them have reduced uh, cr- uh, uh, credit score requirements. Some of them have reduced costs, meaning the loan fees are lower. Some of them have better interest rates. So again, it's really, um, it's really just a very specific uh, structure to the deal, right? Every person we talk to, whether we talk to two cops that work for the exact same place, make the exact same money, but one has a better credit score, one has a higher debt to income ratio. We're then trying to figure out which program is best for them. But we certainly, we certainly do want to cater to those, those people because they're out there taking care of us and we want to take care of them. And, and that's why I mentioned the VA. I mean, I think the VA loan program is um, one of the great programs we have for our veterans. A VA program consists of 100% financing with no PMI. So mortgage insurance or PMI is typically something that that a uh, 
borrower will pay if they put down less than 20%. VA loans at 100% still have better rates than conventional loans and they don't have mortgage insurance. So, you know, we don't do um, a ton of VA loans. We're trying to figure out how we can get the word out to our veterans um, because it's an amazing program and we really want to help more veterans. Oh, definitely. And one thing that I really do love about your lending team is um, that you guys really do participate. You're participating lenders with literally every program that's out there right now uh, to help people who want to put a lower down payment, uh, first time home buyers. Um, I know firsthand that you guys are helping some clients of mine. And, um, you know, I, your, your team is just remarkable when it comes to that helping veterans and, and heroes and things like that. So I just want to commend you guys for standing up and, um, you know, helping home ownership dreams come true in that way. And you just mentioned um, the PMI, right? So first, first part of my question is going to be, can you explain to our listeners what PMI is exactly? And, and if you could also explain if someone is putting less than the traditional 20% down, what programs, if any, can eliminate the PMI or help lessen the dollar amount? Okay, so PMI stands for private mortgage insurance. And mm-hmm. it's really, I think borrowers get confused because I think it's an insurance policy for them. It's really not for them. It's to insure <laughs> no, no, no. a loan. Yeah. We still need homeowners insurance or sometimes referred to as hazard insurance to cover your home. This is insurance for the bank, okay? Um, right. Being we are a bank and we lend our own money, we're, we're really a conduit to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac or Ginnie Mae. You can't call up Fannie Mae and say, I want a loan, but we're the conduit to get to them because we're a bank. All right. <clears throat> that insurance on less than 20% down is because Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac wouldn't l- allow us to lend money. They wouldn't buy loans unless the loan is insured. So it's a third party company that provides an insurance policy because of less than 20% down. But yes, a really good question, Jessica, is can you eliminate PMI? So it's loan specific. On FHA loans, um, even if you put down 20% on FHA loan, you're still going to pay mortgage insurance or PMI. All right. Um, on a typical conventional loan, less than 20%, the standard answer is you have to pay mortgage insurance. The real question is, is, well, what type of mortgage insurance? The most common way that lenders deal with mortgage insurance is that a borrower pays a monthly payment, excuse me, to cover that insurance, okay? That's not the only way. That's only one side of mortgage insurance. There's a whole other side of MI that's referred to as single premium MI. So instead of paying a monthly premium, which may be, you know, 100, 200, $300 a month, we can actually take the single cost to buy out the mortgage insurance. So let's just use an example, and these aren't going to be 100% accurate numbers, but just a rough example. If you had a $300,000 loan and you were going to pay $150 a month in monthly mortgage insurance, if I said to you that, hey, you could just put down um, 10% instead of 20%, instead of paying that $200 a month, we're going to use a single premium and your monthly payment's going to go up $12 a month, your principal and interest. We're actually taking the single cost and we're rolling it into what they're borrowing. Um, there's some other ways can, we can, can we just deal say with that one more time? Because I don't think yeah. this, this information is so valuable right now. I mean, can you just repeat that one more time? Sure. Can you explain to them about the difference between that 10%, you know, you're putting less than 20% and how you're rolling out that one single payment out instead of stretching it along the life of the, of, of the, of the mortgage. Yeah, and, and you're right. This is important because a lot of our borrowers think, oh, I have to right. put down 20%. Exactly. They get, they get discouraged. Down... They get discouraged. Yeah. Like, oh, I want to wait until I have more money. Listen, nope. if, you could, if, if, if you don't have the 20%, but you have 15% or you have 10%, we could work something out for you, right? Yes. I mean, look, 3.5%, even 3% works. Exactly. But if we're talking about this specific single premium, am I? 10% is a sweet spot. So you could put down 10%, have no monthly mortgage insurance, and depending on your loan amount, I'm using a $300,000 example, 
Your monthly payment's right. going to go up about 12 bucks, not $150 for a monthly MI payment, okay? Right. And what we're right. able to do with that single premium is there's three options, really. One is that the borrower can come to the table. Let's call it a $3,000 single premium. They can opt to just come to closing with an extra $3,000 and they never have to worry about mortgage insurance at all. They can choose to roll that $3,000 into Amazing. what they're borrowing, right? And $3,000 today is going to cost you about $12 a month in additional principal and interest. Or us as the lender, we could pay that $3,000 on behalf of the borrower. This isn't a great option because for us to do that, we have to charge you a higher interest rate. And now you're paying a higher interest rate on all of the money that you're borrowing. So I really like the finance option. Um, I think that's a really great option for that 10% down to avoid MI. And you know, not to sidetrack the conversation here, but that are putting down 20% today and they're trying to waive their appraisal, <clears throat> but they don't have the money to waive their appraisal. You know, we're in a, we're in a, a seller's environment. There's a lot of offers coming in. So what right, we're doing right. for our borrowers, we're showing them that, hey, I know you want to put down 20%. However, if your property under appraises for 10%, you could still buy this home with no additional money out of pocket. Normally, they'd have to come out of pocket that additional money. And we're just going to use a single premium. Your payment's going to go up 12 bucks. So it's a great, it's another tool that we're using, right, to help you as an agent get your buyer's offers accepted. And we're spending a lot of time trying to educate agents on the buyer and buying and selling side as right, to how we can right. utilize a single premium MI program to get more deals done. No, no, you know, listen, listen, I know my expertise. I do the fun stuff, okay? I send, <laughs> oh, I send them to you. Sure. I'm not yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm sending them to the experts because I know that you guys are like, you guys are, are locked in when it comes to this stuff. And I, and I totally trust what you guys are doing. So I still, I'm sending them to you. <laughs> I appreciate that. And, you know, I didn't mention this in the beginning, but, you know, my background's uh, in the accounting world. I owned an, uh, an accounting and tax preparation firm for 19 years. So wow. I worked with a clients on a consultative basis for 19 right. years. You know, we're not, we're not trying to sell anybody anything. We're trying to prepare their tax returns, save them, save them money, maybe give them advice on how to improve cash flow in their business. We've right. taken that same methodology to the mortgage world, right? You know, we're not trying to sell your mortgage. We're trying to understand your goals and then figure out the best structure for you right and by asking right. the right questions we can really do that and really work in a consultative approach awesome awesome <clears throat> so i really wanted to um get into now that this whole pro you know the, let's just say hypothetically you know you've got the pre-approval you've got your rate locked in you know you, you're looking at homes now and you're doing all the fun stuff with me <laughs> how mm -hmm. long is that rate usually good for and what happens to the rate if closing is late <clears throat> So we can, the standard lock is somewhere between 15 days and 60 days. Over 60 days, it gets a little bit more complicated. And, you know, I don't know if we have time to get into that today, but really it's 15 <laughs> to 60 days. So let's just say that um, we have a, a person that's closing in 47 days, right? We're going right. to normally take a 60-day rate lock to make sure we have a little bit of extra time on that rate. Um, if closing gets delayed, it becomes a conversation that, we, that we're going to continue to have as we get closer to that rate lock expiration. There's two options. Right. We can either extend the rate lock or we can let the rate lock expire and relock the loan. Okay. And every situation is going to be different. If closing is delayed and we say, well, we're not closing for another two months. We don't want to keep paying for lock extensions. We want to analyze the current market conditions and figure out what's best. And that may be to let the rate lock expire and then just take a new rate lock. We are always subject to market conditions though. So the, if, if the market is the same, Right from when we locked, well, very simply, just let it expire and relock. There's no cost to the borrowers. There's no cost right. to anybody, and we can just give them a, an extended time period. The problem becomes, Jessica, is if the market conditions are worse. So if we lock someone at 2.99 and now rates are three and a quarter, what do we do? 
Um, right. I think that, again, it's transaction specific. In New Jersey, closing dates are on or about, but the attorney can issue a 10-day time of the essence once that closing date passes. Right. <clears throat> so what we normally see is that we try to you know, not charge the borrower. Even if marketing conditions are worse, we try to say to them, look, we'll give you the two weeks free. We'll eat it. But you need to talk to your attorney so he can talk to the other side's attorney and get them to pay for the extension if there's an issue on their side. Mm. Mm -hmm. You mentioned earlier about credit scores and about how important they are depending on the type of loan that's being acquired. When we speak about that, the question that I have for you now is what loans are available for people who are self-employed? I get a lot of questions all the time mm -hmm. from people who are like in the industry, such as like, you know, real estate agents. We, you know, we have to deal with the way that we do our income taxes. And then also people who do hair or who are, you know, in beauty or, you know, just like self-employed business owners who <laughs> typically and most commonly show very low net income on their tax returns after their legitimate business deductions. Mm -hmm. What type of programs, if any, how do you work with them? Help us out. I, I'm telling you, they're in my DMs. They're in my social media. <laughs> they're like, hey, I, you know, I do nails. How do I get a home? Or hey, you know, like we want to speak to those yeah. people right now. We want, we want to get them. We want to make their home ownership dreams come true. Well, the first thing we want to do is we want to look at the tax returns because sometimes people think that they have a very low net but there could be mm -hmm. items that we're allowed to add back, okay, mm. which, which add back to the income so maybe we can get them qualified. So goal number one is always to see if we can get them qualified for a traditional mortgage, whether it be Fannie, Freddie, or, or Ginny Mae, okay? Right. Um, just an example of things we can add back. Sometimes businesses have a lot of depreciation. Depreciation is a 100% add back. So if they have $25,000 in auto uh, depreciation and they're only showing income of $30,000 net on their business, I actually have income of $55,000 because I can add that back to it. So before people get stressed out about not being able to qualify, let's look at the tax returns and figure it out, okay? Uh, after we look at the tax returns, if we can't qualify for a traditional mortgage, there's uh, loans out there that are referred to as non-QM, which stand for non-qualified mortgage. Um, these are loans that we're, are not banked, so we are brokering them to a third party who offers these types of loans. And what the programs look like are some of them are <clears throat> referred to as bank statement loans, where we take 12 months of business bank statements. Okay, We add up all the deposits, we divide it by 12, and we cut it in half. And we can now use that as income. We don't care about the expenses. We care about the income that's being deposited. So if it's a true business entity, right? there's an entity and people are putting income in a separate business account, that works. Where it gets right. sometimes a little bit more complicated is you have the person who's 1099 who doesn't really think they have their own business, but really the government considers you having your own business and right, maybe right. doesn't keep separate business bank statements. So I think some of this, uh, Jessica, well, this is a great question. I think some of it is also planning for us to do with the borrower, right? So if that right. borrower was self-employed and they're going to buy a house in a year from now, great. Well, we can start to talk about what these programs look like and how to get them prepared. Make sure they have that business account. Make sure they're depositing all of their you know, business income into it. Uh, we can right. even have a conversation with them and their accountant just to make sure we're getting everyone on the same page. I think that planning for these types of borrowers is the most important thing. Oh, for sure. Definitely. I always tell uh, uh, borrowers, uh, you know, home buyers who really want to get started, start the process, speak to a lender, loan officer, you know, get your information out there. The sooner you start, the better, because they will walk you through the financial process and tell you what you need to do to get approved eventually. Even mm -hmm. if you can't get approved today, they'll, they'll walk you through what you need to do to um, uh, get approved eventually. That's one thing that I know about the team and that we have to offer as a, as a team united to, uh, to my clients uh, sure. and to people who are interested in general. And, and lastly, but certainly not least, what shouldn't you be doing? Let's say that you, you know, you got that <laughs> pre-approval letter, 
you know, you're looking at furniture online, you know, you're, you're like, what should you not be doing when, once you get that pre-approval? So we have a, we have a document that we sent out when we first started speaking with the bar and we called the 12 things not to do. And, and I'll go over them in detail, but I think most are, are, are a high level on them right now. But I think the most important thing is communicate with us. If you're concerned about something or you're about to make a financial decision, just give myself, your loan officer, a call and let us know. So the 12 things we have is do not change jobs. But that doesn't mean that you can't. If you have to change jobs, call us, make sure that it's not going to have an impact. Uh, right. Do not change your pay structure. We have people that are salaried and all of a sudden say, oh, it's a great opportunity. I'm now going on commission. Without a two-year of getting commissions, we can't use that income, okay? <clears throat> do not apply for new credit is on our list. However, that may not be an issue for some people. Some people may have an 800 credit score and their debt to commission ratio may be really low and it's not going to impact them. However, speak with us first. Do not change your marital status. Do not deposit any sums your bank account that cannot be documented thoroughly. People right. deposit cash all the time. They say, well, it's my savings. Cash is not an acceptable form of deposits. Um, do not dispute any items on your credit report. Do not charge up credit cards getting ready for the new house. To your point, don't go out and spend $5,000 on furniture because that may impact your debt to income ratio. Do not let your driver's license expire. With COVID, this was a big deal. Um, do not skip any payments on your bills to save up for the house, including your rent payments. These are things that may need to be verified prior to closing. Uh, do not spend money from your checking account unless necessary. There could be large transactions there that now we're going to question. <clears throat> Don't make an application for any other loans or for another property. And do not put gift funds into your account. Again, you may need gift funds, and we're going to tell you right. the right way to, de to deposit them. Okay, right. so you're not saying these, no. You're not saying no. You're just saying talk to us first. Please communicate with us. Because Where, these, you know, I, I think people don't understand that these are the most common causes of mortgage delays. They don't understand that it, it might seem, you know, minuscule to them, but it, it mm -hmm. really will cause a delay depending on exactly how it's done or what's being done. Agreed, very right. much so. So you know, look, communication, any relationship is key. So my communication okay. with Jessica is very important. My communication with the borrowers are very important. And we need that same thing back with us. Oh, my goodness. Definitely. And, you know, we all know that the mortgage process can be, you know, for some people, for most people, purchasing a home is the biggest purchase that they will ever make in their lives. So, uh, you know, I understand it. I I've been through the process myself. Uh, you know, Anthony and his team, you know, they uh, do their very best to make sure that those dreams do come true, but you need to do the work as well. If you're a listener and you're interested and um, you know, you want to, you want to take that next step. Uh, our advice to you, my advice to you would be start the process, you know, get your documentation in order, contact Anthony and his team. Um, I do have a bonus question. Um, if, if you're up for it. <laughs> sure. What do you got? Uh, how do homeowners find a loan officer? Okay, so <laughs> I think that um, I think that you know a lot of younger people today want to have an online experience, and that's great. We're happy to you know uh, oblige anyway, whether it be right. text messages, <clears throat> phone calls, emails, internet. Uh, so for us, the best way to contact us is either on our website, and that's anthony.ahmcloans.com. So Anthony. A for absolute, H for um, home, M for mortgage, C for corporation, loans.com. Uh, alternately, email is always also fantastic. Our email address that goes out to our team is MLT. So M for Muscarella, L for lending, T for team, MLT at ahmcloans.com. Uh, you have a simple question. You want to reach out to us. You want an understanding. You want to start the process. Reach out to us. We're more than happy to help. Uh, if you mentioned this uh, uh, podcast today, we're going to be offering a $500 uh, 
lender credit at the time of closing that will oh go against God. your closing costs um, as a courtesy to Jessica and her clients. Okay. Oh and this isn't, <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, it's a lot of money. This is, this oh is a credit towards costs. Sure and a, take a note of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can repeat that $500 at closing. If you're looking to refinance. Okay. Um, we're also offering that credit. So if you just want to give us a buzz and say, Hey, this is my current rate. Um, you know, what do you guys think? And does it make sense? You can send us an email, give us your um, copy of your mortgage statement, and we'll do a full analysis for you. You can also call me on my cell phone. My number is 908-330-0213. Um, please note, look, we're all still working remotely. Um, I'm one person trying to answer my phone. So that's why the email is a little bit easier because we have multiple people that can address concerns, but you're welcome to call me as well. Anthony, I cannot tell you the, I cannot thank you enough for the, you know, service that you provided today to, to the listeners. Um, you know, I, I hold you up high and, and I honor you in the fact that you're able to extend yourself in this way. I know that you're extremely busy and, um, you know, thank you so much. And I just want to also say again to the, to the listeners, um, please contact um, MLT at ahmcloans.com. Uh, that is the email address. If you wanted to, to chat about anything, if anything here is, is not clear to you, please reach out to Anthony and his team. They will get back to you right away. If you mention Jesse's Place podcast, they do have a lender's credit $500 at closing, also a refinancing credit of $500. Please, please, I, I implore you, I encourage you, please, to take advantage of these things because I, this is very rare that you even hear about stuff like this. So um, also, I will be putting the uh, the web address. I will be putting the email address. I will be putting the phone number out there on social media and um Anthony, anything else that you want to add before we go? Uh, I, I would just say, you know, keep Jessica and us informed. If you have any questions about real estate, she is your expert. Uh, her clients love working with her and we love working with both her and her clients. So it's important to have a good team, right? And we'll give a great recommendation for your attorney and, and the other parties that will be involved. And I think that's really important to make sure you're working with a great team. Oh, man, uh, this, this team is unstoppable. So thank you again, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> we are absolutely going to be taking over. And until uh, next time, thank you for your service. I appreciate it. Very welcome. Anything we do to help. Thanks. Bye-bye. And as always, remember, challenge yourself to become the person you want to become. Stretch and be ready to fail. The right people will value you in the right way. Practice humility. And when you make room to speak about what exists in the present, you no longer have time left for the past. Manifest and stay blessed. Live purposefully and with intention. Till next time, subscribe, leave a review, and I thank you. And I will see you next time. Thank you.